Hey folks, I know you could be listening to one of a million different podcasts right now, and I am super grateful you picked this one. Welcome to The Human Show. I'm your host, Trish, a holistic life coach and a mom navigating this complex world of human emotions. Here, we will share stories, insights, research, and information to help you step into the most true version of yourself so you can be a happy human. Now let's get into it. Hey folks, today is story time. I want to share a parenting experience with the hopes that it could help some other parents out there. So our oldest is a seventh grader. She started seventh grade this year in September. And the beginning of the school year seemed pretty typical. She was adjusting to new classes and new teachers and new schedule and new social situation. And probably by the end of September, uh, things started to change. And she started having a lot of meltdowns, just emotional meltdowns. And more than just what we expected uh, from a preteen, it was it, it it was above and beyond. I mean, there was a meltdown every day, sometimes twice a day, and they were very loud, very angry, just fits of loud, angry crying. I called it aggressive crying, and sometimes it would go on for a couple hours. And every time it shocked me because I could not cry for that long. Uh, maybe I could, but I never have. And it just, it seemed pretty draining. I mean, if I cried for two hours straight, my eyes would be in pain. My head would be in pain. I don't know. Somehow, though, she was able to crank it out for two hours some days and sometimes it would start first thing in the morning now I have the distinguished honor of being my preteens alarm clock actually I'm the alarm clock for all the kids so yay me at 5 30 every morning my alarm goes off so that I can wake up my oldest who leaves for school at 7 20 now it probably takes her about 15 minutes to get ready and then the rest of the time she sits at the dining room table looking at her phone technically she doesn't need to get up at 5 30 but that's what she likes to do so okay it's fine with me so I'd wake her up at 5 30 then I'd go back in 10 minutes later to make sure she was up and if she had fallen back to sleep then I would be sure to go back 10 minutes after that to make sure she was really up. So yeah, I'm a pretty awesome alarm clock, just saying. So anyway, some mornings, uh, maybe I'd sleep through my alarm and I'd go in there a few minutes late, like 5.35 or 5.40 and I'd wake her up and she'd look at the clock and immediately start crying because now she wasn't going to have enough time. 
and she would proceed to cry for the next, you know, hour and a half. She'd stop long enough to do a little bit of eye makeup, and then she'd come downstairs and still be crying. She'd be able to get through some breakfast, and sometimes she would settle a bit. But if I asked a question, I mean any question, even if it seemed completely benign to me, there was always a chance that would set her off again. And her crying would resume, and now she'd be mad at me because I made her start crying again. And now her makeup would be ruined, etc., etc. And a lot of times she was crying right up until she was walking out the door to go to school. And I usually felt so bad because what a lousy way to start your day. Especially when you're in middle school. I mean... To walk into school looking like you've been crying, you know that's going to draw attention. I just, I can't even imagine that stress. Anyway, that's how most mornings would go. She would leave for school upset. Then usually in the evening, something else would happen to set her off again. And she'd cry for an hour or two uh, up until bedtime or sometimes through bedtime. And I would go in and sit with her for a while, although it seemed like nothing I said was really helpful. It seemed like just about everything I said was wrong. And after a while, I would give up, and usually my wife would go in and she would sit for a while. So a lot of nights were spent just taking turns trying to console her. And this went on for a couple months, and it was exhausting exhausting I mean it had to be exhausting for her because she was the one crying for hours a day and it was exhausting for us just trying to be there for her every day almost every night before bed you know my wife and I would talk about the day uh, what our experiences were what we could do differently it was just it was like constant troubleshooting Uh, Sidebar, I will say that parenting is basically frequent troubleshooting. That's how I see it. And I don't care how many kids you have or how old they are, I do not believe that you ever truly master parenting. Every kid is different, and they change as they grow, and you change. So I don't believe you can ever master it. I think you can get really, really great at it, but I don't believe you can master parenting. So that's just my two cents. Anyway, so when the meltdowns would happen at night, they would typically last through kids' bedtime. And like I said, it was very loud. You could hear it throughout the house. And we have four kids. She's the oldest. And Many nights, the noise was keeping up her siblings. And sometimes they got pretty frustrated. And I would tell them to listen to music or put on their headphones. But it, that didn't always cut it. So we were all trying to figure out how to live in the same space as someone who was having a really hard time. And the hard time was very loud. 
a lot of mornings, the noise of the meltdown would wake up her siblings. So it was disrupting the entire house. I tried to explain this to her in a nice way several times. I said, you know, we're a family sharing this house, sharing this space. We're all part of this household and it's important to be respectful of everyone and everyone else's space. You know, it's not fair when you keep up your siblings at night and it's not fair when you wake them up in the morning. And I tried, you know, different variations of that sentiment. Though I don't think it really made any difference. Now, in the morning, she'd get a ride to school with uh, one of our neighbors. So our, our one neighbor also has a seventh grader. And when the two of them started middle school and sixth grade, we made an arrangement that they would do the middle school drop-offs in the morning and I would do the pickups in the afternoon. So every morning at 7.20 a.m., the neighbor's out front waiting for our preteen. And often what would happen is the neighbor would be sitting out there and our kiddo would still be getting shoes on or doing some last minute something with her backpack or filling up her water bottle. Even though we would remind her of these things, you know, 15 minutes before it was time to leave and 10 minutes before it was time to leave and five minutes before. And we'd usually get some kind of response like, I know, or I'll do it, you know, just something like that. Anyway, without fail, most mornings, the neighbor would be sitting out front waiting while our kiddo was seemingly taking her good old time getting out the door. And, you know, my wife and I would be looking at, at each other with our eyes bugging out, like, as if I'm screaming, is she kidding me? With my eyes. Um, do you ever do that when you, like, kind of have a conversation with someone just with your eyes? It's probably pretty funny for a third party to see it. Anyway, um, what we suspect is that her desire for control was what was going on here. So by her taking a little longer and letting the neighbor wait outside, she was in control of when everyone left. So not only was her anguish disrupting our household, but the effects were spilling out of the household and affecting others. And this was really frustrating. And it got to a point where I didn't even want to be around her. And I felt really sad about that. I mean, of course, I love my kids. And I also like them. And I like hanging out with them. Though during this time, I did not want to hang out with my oldest. And again, I felt really sad about that. The other part I felt really sad about was that because so much of my energy was consumed by my interactions with her that I would have little to no energy left for my other kids. And that was so unfair to them. You know, one of them would come up to me and ask for something 
pretty simple. And I'd be like, oh, I, just, I just can't right now. I was just so mentally exhausted all the time. I had nothing left to give. And, you know, that was really unfair for them. And I felt really sad about it. And at the same time, I had no idea what to do about it. All I knew was that my energy bank account was basically depleted by 7.30 most mornings. So it was, it was pretty rough. And some mornings, my preteen would leave for school and then I would get text messages about how much she hates the day. And her day is ruined and things like that. And it would always be like one sentence per text message. So I'd get a string of messages like, I hate this. And it was all in caps, by the way. I hate this. I hate today. I hate this day. I hate it so much. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Something like that. And they'd be all separate texts. So it would just be like this slew of messages coming to my phone. And, you know, I would hear the alert on my phone that I had a message. And I'd be thinking, please don't let it be her. Please don't let it be her. It was like, sometimes it was like living with an abusive person. Because I was always bracing for the next explosion. And I was just kind of walking around in this constant level of like low-grade anxiety. Just kind of walking around on eggshells all the time. A couple times, I even got an email from her while she was at school telling me how horrible the day was and what my part in it was. It was exhausting. Did I mention that? You know, when she would make plans with a friend, honestly, I'd be so relieved because I would think, all right, I have a couple hours where I can actually relax in my home and not be walking on eggshells and looking over my shoulder. It was, it was not a fun time. And like I said, my wife and I were troubleshooting daily. You know, we were reading things and trying to figure out different tactics. I even tried to teach her breathing techniques one night. Oh, man, if I could go back and watch that scene now, <laughs> uh, it, would, it would probably be hilarious. Um, <laughs> so she's sitting in her room and she's crying pretty forcefully and loudly. And I'm asking her if I can teach her a breathing technique to help her settle herself when she's upset. And she's crying and saying it won't work, it won't work. And I say, come on, let's try it, you know. And I'm trying so hard to stay calm. Because part of me really wants to just get up and walk out the door. I sat there as calmly as I could. And I talked her through a couple different breathing techniques. And, you know, she humored me and went along with it. Doing the breathing through her aggressive crying. Uh, so, not very effective, I would imagine. We got through it, though. We got through it. And when I walked out of there, I felt like, all right, at least I did something. At least I tried. 
although I was 99.9% sure it had 0% effectiveness. So I guess it was really for me to be able to say that I tried to support her, you know. And that's what we were doing. Like every day, just trying to support her in any way we could. And there were definitely times when we hit the end of our rope. And there were definitely times when we just walked out of the room and we were like, you know what, we're done. We're human. There's only so much we can handle. And we tried. We tried to handle so much every day. And sometimes we just ran out. Anyway, you know, we tried to accept she has a preteen brain. We can't expect certain things from her. You know, her brain's growing and we just have to get through this. Like, we just have to get through this. And I would talk to friends and, you know, mention what we were going through. And uh, people would be like, oh, yeah, I remember those days. And I just thought, how, how the hell does anyone get through this? How are we going to get through this and have a good relationship with her? How is she going to come out of this and have a good relationship with her parents and have a good relationship with her siblings? I know she couldn't control what was happening. But the fact remains, if it went on long enough, it could seriously damage relationships. And I was really worried about that. And again, I had no idea what to do about it. You know, we wondered if she was tired from all her extracurricular activities. We wondered if there were social challenges at school. We kept just speculating and trying to figure it out because she wouldn't open up to us about anything. We considered having her talk to someone like a school counselor or a coach or a therapist. Um, she was very much against that. And one day, my wife and I were talking and she reminded me that when our preteen was a toddler, we used to let her watch TV every day in the afternoon or evening. Age-appropriate stuff, of course. She was maybe three or four. And she started having these big tantrums and frequent tantrums. And I know that's, you know, that's totally normal and common for a toddler. But these were above and beyond toddler tantrums. Like sometimes we would say she had crazy eyes because her eyes would just be sort of darting back and forth as if she was not actually in her body. I mean, it was, it was pretty bad. And after a while, we're like, all right, we have to try something. So let's try taking out TV. We sort of did it as an experiment. So we stopped letting her watch TV during the week and let it just be like a weekend treat, you know. And the first couple of days, she was kind of mad, of course. And then she started just playing with her toys and looking at books and just being a happy kid. It was amazing how quickly she went back to, you know, being herself. So we stuck with it and, um, you know, we still don't do TV during the week. Anyway, we, we were talking about how 
our kiddo's current behavior is very reminiscent of her toddler days when she was having these meltdowns watching TV every day. And it was kind of like an epiphany. Like, oh, maybe this has to do with screen time too. So one night after my kiddo went to bed, I took a look at her phone. I pulled up the screen time analytics and I found that she was spending an average of two hours a day on TikTok. I was like, holy shit, we have not been paying attention. And, you know, she's always been really responsible. She does her schoolwork and she gets good grades because it's important to her. And since she's such a responsible kid, we kind of just let her have freedom when we gave her her phone. You know, we gave her her phone um, when she started sixth grade because that's when she started middle school. And it seemed to go fine in sixth grade. And really, the only restriction we've had on her phone was that it couldn't be in her room overnight. So when I saw that she was watching TikTok for over two hours a day, I think that was kind of a wake-up call that, you know, we needed to pay more attention. So we decided to set some screen time limits on her phone. So I went into all the social media apps, and since TikTok was the big culprit, I wanted to set that time limit to zero. Well, it appears you have to set the value greater than zero. So I couldn't set a time limit of zero. So I set it at one. So a, a one minute time limit a day for TikTok. And that <laughs> seems like kind of a jerk move. Um, but I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it, you know, that way. I just, I didn't know any other way around it. You know, I, uh, I'm not very techy and I was just trying to figure something out pretty quickly. So, so TikTok was set to one minute and then I set Snapchat for 20 minutes because they were the two that she used most. So the next morning she gets up and, you know, of course it was no surprise that she was livid when she saw she had a one minute daily time limit for TikTok. She was mad. And I just said calmly, yeah, we're going to take a break from TikTok for a while. She yelled and screamed and cried and said, you know, this was going to make it worse. And this is how she starts her day and it helps her and this and that. And, you know, she had all these reasons why TikTok was an important part of her day. I made it very clear that this was not a punishment. You know, and we, my wife and I, we both said it to her several times, like, this is not a punishment. We're your parents, and it's our job to look out for you. And we're worried that TikTok might be hurting your brain. We want your brain to be healthy and grow, and that's why we're doing this. Um, she was not appreciative, <laughs> um, but someday she will be, I think. So anyway, she was pretty, she was pretty angry for, I'd say, the first two days. You know, and she asked a few times when she was going to get it back. And I said, I don't know yet. We're just going to see how it goes. By day three, she was engaging more with her siblings. She started playing games with them. She started goofing around with them. 
She even started initiating conversations with us. She started getting up in the morning in a good mood. And even if she woke up at 5.35 instead of 5.30, she started getting her stuff ready in the morning on time and being ready by the door before the neighbor even showed up. And this is without us even asking anything. Apparently, she would notice what time it was and just get up and gather her things and stand by the door. If I would wake her up a few minutes late, you know, I'd go in and say, I'm so sorry, I didn't hear my alarm. And the first time this happened, I said, and I said this, I apologize. And she said, it's okay, it's not your fault. Well, I almost fell to the floor. Seriously. It, It was amazing. And then she asked me to get her an alarm clock with two alarms. She still want she still wanted me to come in at 5:30 to wake her up, but then she wanted to set an alarm for 5:40 and 5:50 so that I wouldn't have to come back in. I mean, just awesome. So, she's been getting up on time and it's been over a month now. She doesn't even ask about getting TikTok back anymore. And she's watching videos on other platforms, but she's not having meltdowns anymore. I mean, she's getting up in the morning and she's pleasant. She gets ready for school. You know, she still sits at the dining room table and watches videos. But like I said, she gets up when it's time to go. And she gets her things and she's ready when the neighbor shows up out front. And when I pick her up in the afternoon, she gets in the van and says, hey, mom. And before she would get in and say nothing and just look at her phone for the whole ride home. So she's engaging with her parents and having conversations and laughing and just so much happier. I mean, the change has just been remarkable. It just feels like our kid is back. It really feels like she was just lost for a little while there and now she's back there's been a huge change and I just want to be clear the change is that her true self has reemerged. you know she hasn't become different she's back to herself like her real self and she's happy so I did a little reading about the effects of TikTok on kids and I found a lot of opinion type articles. I didn't find anything that was super clear. I did find a pretty interesting article though, and I'll share the link in the show notes. And one of the things mentioned in this article was that while watching TikTok won't cause depression overnight, you know, watching for several hours a day can have a significant impact on mental health. And I've seen this firsthand. Our kiddo was sad or angry or both most days. And she wasn't enjoying her life. It's mind-blowing to me. The impact that this one app had on my kid. Now, would it be different if it was maybe 20 or 30 minutes a day instead of two hours? Maybe. But honestly, I'm in no rush to go back to any more than the one minute. I mean, the whole energy in our household is different now. Um, You know, she was hanging out with her siblings. And for a couple months, they were barely talking to each other you know she's back to her her real self and I feel so incredibly grateful that 
we recognized it and did something before any real damage was done. Now, I'm not saying TikTok is 100% bad. I think like any social media app, it can be helpful or it can be harmful. And that all depends on how it's used. You know, it can be a great source of information and a great way to connect with people that you don't get to see often. And a great way to connect with new people that have uh, similar interests or similar challenges. It can be a really great tool. It can also really ruin a kid's brain. And not just kids. I mean, social media can have negative impacts on adults, too. I mean, it's happened to me. Every once in a while, I remove social media apps from my phone because I can see it affecting me. If I start to spend too much time on on an app, uh, for me, it's usually Instagram. I can tell right away. If I sit there and look at it for maybe 15 minutes, afterwards, I just feel kind of lousy. A few years ago, I was using Facebook pretty frequently. And I started comparing myself to other moms. I'd see posts from other moms and I'd think, oh, I'm not doing that with my kid. Or I've never done that with my kid. And I'd start to feel worse and worse and worse with every post I read. And this would happen a few times a week. So I was feeling pretty bad about myself. Fortunately, I recognized it and I was like, okay, I just need to step away from this uh, because I'm feeling lousy about myself. So I removed the app and I stayed off Facebook for a while and it made a big difference. Since then, I've done a lot of self-work and I am able to look at mom posts without feeling crappy most of the time. So when you use a social media app... I want you to notice how you feel afterwards. Start paying attention. After you're scrolling for a few minutes and then you put your phone down, how do you feel? Do you feel kind of tired? Do you feel stressed? Do you feel anxious? Do you just feel blah? That's how it, that's kind of how it is for me. I feel blah, unmotivated and lazy if I look at a social media for too long. So just start paying attention to how you feel after interacting with social media and pay attention to how your kids are responding. Pay attention to how they're feeling and how they're behaving and how they're talking if they're using social media. Pay attention to how they're engaging with their family. If something feels off to you, question it. And you may want to take a peek at your kid's phone to see how much time they're really spending on social media because it's pretty easy to miss it. I missed it. I didn't notice that it was two hours a day on just one app. So start paying attention. And if you think it could be harming your kiddo, do something. And if you decide to set new screen time limits... It may be a challenging adjustment for everybody. But if you can stick it out, it will get easier. I mean, think about when you make any kind of big change for yourself. The beginning is always the hardest. And then you adjust and it starts to get easier. So if you do change something for your kiddo, just give them some grace as they 
take time to adjust. And I think that'll wrap it up for today. So until next time, remember, you are enough just as you are and you are loved. Make a great day.